Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Brothers and sisters, welcome to another edition of the Corona Diaries. Uh, day three, alhamdulillah. Um, where we're discussing issues to help to strengthen us as Muslims to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this event, to be close to him and to pass this test lahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, today I have with me brother Sharif from Manchester. Assalamu alaikum Sharif. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How did you, you forget did you forget my name then, Taji? I was a slight delay. I was subhanallah. I was trying to multitask. I was trying to operate machinery and as well as remember your name as well as talk to you and uh Alhamdulillah I got there. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very good, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. What about yourself? Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. We thank Allah. We glorify him. We ask for his peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So like I said, brothers and sisters, please go and share this. Uh, so I'm going to share this on my page. Uh, for those people, I can see that Sharif is also sharing it. Alhamdulillah. So please, brothers and sisters, share this so those others can join us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your views, your ideas on this topic and the topics of the coming days, inshallah ta'ala. Um, how's Manchester? How's uh, how's COVID nineteen in Manchester? Alhamdulillah. I think, uh, to be honest, it's quite quiet here because I don't think there's that many cases in Manchester. So I don't think many people know of anyone who's actually suffered from the virus yet. Um, but obviously, like everywhere where, where else, people are you know worried, concerned. What's going to happen? Burn. Has been here as well, uh, but from what I understand, London's been pretty badly hit. Subhanallah, it it, it, it has um, it, it has London. I think has the worst amount of cases right now, and we are starting to hear names of Muslims. So one of our brothers, his mother-in-law, passed away. Um, there is another There is one other brother who knows of four cases. Um, mm. That have been buried. Uh, Gardens of Peace, which people know, which is in Ilford, a very big Muslim cemetery, I think they've dealt with four cases already. Um, that news was from hours ago. So what the situation is right now, we know brother who and it's been difficult for the family to, you know, deal, interact. I don't know at this moment, is it due to coronavirus? Is it something else? So um, the, the issue is hitting home that this thing, this thing is around. Yeah. Yeah. You're a pharmacist. So, as a pharmacist, um, I mean, how do you come across? Does it affect your work? How is it affecting your work? Uh, Well, yes. Uh, So, the medications, where the pharmacies are going to close. So, obviously, we we have to stay open. Pharmacies in the UK have to stay open. You know, if people don't have pharmacies, they don't get their medication medication paracetamols that's obviously mm-hmm. flying off the shelf we can't even get paracetamols anymore uh yeah. but also you know things like asthma medications diabetic medications medications to prevent strokes or heart attacks you know these are essential medications and that become particularly vulnerable uh to this virus as well so there's a lot of concern it's been very busy we all have to wear masks we have to wear disposable gloves. We have to put a barrier up in our uh, pharmacy so they can't come straight uh, to the counter. To be, wow. and some pharmacies are not even letting people into the uh, pharmacy. They have to knock on the door. They're not letting people enter. Yeah, so they have to. They have to be served from out. They're serving them outside of the pharmacy. 
Yeah. So the medication, things like that, because obviously if, if a pharmacist gets ill, then the pharmacy has to close unless they get another pharmacy. It's a big issue. And so that's very concerning, you know, uh, so it's uh, it's a concerning time for everyone. Uh, um, you, you know, whether people are directly involved in healthcare professions or outside of healthcare professions, everybody's having to take uh, extra precautions with regards to this. SubhanAllah. Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things to strengthen our hearts uh, in, in these times, uh, the dua, the dua from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about this uh, terrible disease and anything like it. So, inshallah, let's just remind ourselves of one of the many duas that we advise to make this time. He's the most powerful above everything, including this virus, and he is the one in whose hands is the cure and the solution. Topic today. Um, so today's topic uh, on our show is a question that some people ask: that if there is a powerful God, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, uh, a wonderful Creator, why is there? a terrible illness, disease like coronavirus. Um, and I guess the, the question that first, um, there's, sorry, something that's keep my mind and people will say, you know, um, who's brother Sharif, you know? Why have you brought Joe Why have I brought, he's a pharmacist who has to wear gloves and stand yeah. behind a barrier when he's treated. What, what, why have I brought him on to discuss um, this particular issue? Uh, Brother Sharif is actually somebody who has uh, the posters here. So Brother Sharif is somebody who's debated, this was one of his debates where he was debating God in an origin universe. Uh, he was debating with Dr. Peter Slezak. Uh, was that the one in Australia? Yes. That was the one in Australia, okay? Yeah. So, Brother Sharif has been to Australia where he's uh, debated with uh, peace. Um, also, he has uh, taken part in various discussions. He runs, he, you, you ran a course, which I'll just bring up. Uh, you ran the evidence course. Can you tell us about that? What was this course about? Online course, uh, it covered the topic from basically what are the evidence is for the basis of the belief of a Muslim. So we looked at, you know, how do we approach the question, etymology, how to approach our ideas, how to, you know, understand, you know, what is the value of knowledge, things like that, all the way to proof for the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the contentions against belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, and then the need for messengers and all also the evidences for the divine origin of the Quran as well. So there's about 20 videos in, in all, uh, almost six hours worth of videos. People can still access it if they want to. Uh, so it's there, inshallah. And hopefully, inshallah, I'll also be writing a book on the basis of that as well. So I'm looking to do Alhamdulillah. Produce that. So Brother Sharif is somebody who is uh, qualified, who has actually been involved in Dao and discussing these issues. And for some of us Muslims, um, especially living in the West and living in this day and age, questions are pointed at us, fingers pointed at us, that how can you believe in a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, um, when we have so many problems? Um, let me put up a quote here. This is a quote by Stephen Fry. Um, Stephen Fry is somebody who's well-known here. And in this quote, this, is, this man is a, he's a, how am I going to describe Stephen Fry? He's a well-known character in the UK. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's an intelligent man. And he said, yes, the world is very splendid, but it also has in it insects whose whole life cycle 
is to burrow into the eyes of children and make them blind. They eat outwards from the eyes. Why? Why did you do that to us? You could easily have made a creation. He's talking about the lost. You could easily have made a creation in which that didn't exist. It simply is not acceptable. So we have Muslims who, you know, maybe uh, go to you and their teachers talk about these issues and people get shaken that how can there be a creator who is all powerful and yet we have suffering in the world? Um, do you experience this in Dawah? Do you experience this in our community? Is there this doubt in the minds of some young people? There is actually, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's a growing discussion that's taking place amongst the Muslim community. And it's primarily a growing discussion because of that reaction, as you said, because a lot of people are focusing upon Muslims, Islam, and then also specifically the Islamic belief, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are bringing out these types of questions to Muslims. I know uh, many brothers whose children, they go to school, these are just ordinary state schools and in the religious studies department or classes they get asked this specific question i remember having to sit down for about an hour or so trying to formulate an answer help a, a, a young kid out in terms of how to answer this particular question known as the problem of evil as well so they they do this and they do this because they want to you know to a certain extent they they, they argue it's about creating skepticism and a critical mind but what they try to do and you know lessen that certainty mm. regards to islam for them if you lessen the certainty in a religious belief you're lessening what they term dogma yeah and therefore they're more open and therefore more liberal in the outlook rather than being very strict regards to the revelation so that's how they view things and so these are the questions that are coming up nowadays so the question to you is how would you answer that question of if there is an all-powerful creator why is there evil, suffering, disease, coronavirus, famine, earthquake? Yeah, so there's loads of angles to answer this question, and I'll try and go through a couple of the points. But I think it's important to maybe uh, uh, mention a story or uh, you know, an incident that happened during the time of the Prophet sallallahu and also during the time of Umar radiallahu an. And I think these, these, these incidences sort of help explain and exemplify so during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, when he established the first Islamic state in Medina, there was a disease, there was a widespread disease. It was well known at that period of time. And as a result, you know, some people couldn't bear the disease and they left. Yeah. And there was an incident in which a person, he gave bay'ah to the Prophet ﷺ, and then he tried to retract his bay'ah because he was suffering and then he ended up leaving. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that Medina is like the bellows. It blows out or it purifies the people within it, yeah, it, to, in, in wording. And what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was meaning by this was the fact that if you're going to go to Medina, you're going to go there because of the love of Allah and the Rasul, not because of any quality of life that you're going to get there. Because it was difficult because there was a disease. So you're going there you know, to really support this da'wah and this deen, yeah? So as a result, it purified the people of Medina. This difficulty meant that the people who were maybe weak weren't willing to make that sacrifice to stay with the Prophet they left. And so the people that remained behind were people who were strong iman and therefore had the sabr and the perseverance to struggle with the Prophet wasallam, whether it was Ba'la Badr or Uhud or Khandaq or other places like that. So a difficulty actually resulted in a greater good. Yeah. And we saw this a also. Dif a difficulty in staying in a difficult place resulted in the greater good, which was. Which was the fact that it purified the society, the community, the people that remained were the strong factions within that society. Majority of them. Also, there was someone African who stayed behind, but the majority became strong. Uh, in their adherence because they were there for the sake of Islam and therefore they had that perseverance and strength to struggle with the doubt uh, for the doubt of the so this is I think that point exemplifies how sometimes we see difficulty and we don't see any benefit but then retrospectively you know we start to see benefit yeah or a greater good or something that we just didn't fathom at the time. 
Yeah. There's a, another famous example in the Quran that's mentioned. That, that, that's, that seems to talk about, that, that seems, the point just came to my mind now. That seems to talk about one of the limitations of us as human beings. That's right. That's right. And you know the story, Ted, you know, you have Khidr and Musa alayhi salam mm. in the Quran. You know, it's a. It's Surat al Kaf, that yes. we recite on Fridays. Yes, yes, that's right. So either before or after Jummah, although that's not quite the case nowadays. Mm. But the. That story is, exemplifies the point that, you know, I'm sure many of the listeners know of this, the story, uh, how Khidr, he was doing certain things that from the perspective of Musa salam, was wrong. Yeah, maybe even considered immoral. Yeah, and Khidr said to Musa salam, you, I will do certain things and you'll ask me why. And he said, don't ask me why, because obviously, you know, he's taking yani, uh, instruction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, you know, he, the story goes on, he mentions about killing a child, hmm. uh, damaging Destroying the ship, the boat. Yeah. Yeah. and the wall, uh, repairing the wall of a town where the people no. were tyrannical, etc. And Musa al-Islam, at the end, you just kept on asking, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? And then Khidr said, right, I'll explain now, but I'll And then he explains the reasons behind all of them. Like, for example, why did... He damaged the boat because he said that mm. the people had laden their treasures upon the boat to trade in a far off land. But it was going to go past a king who would have taken that treasure and stolen it of the wealth. So damaging the boat from the perspective of the people, from the perspective of Musa salam, was wrong from that perspective, was harmful in that perspective. But the greater wisdom behind it was found with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's instruction to Khidr salam, to damage the boat, to safeguard the wealth. And so that's the point, that's the issue in regards to how we sometimes view certain incidences. So it's, so the, the, the original question is, will Stephen Fry or somebody looks at some incident of harm, famine, mm. what is happening in Yemen with children happening in Syria, now the coronavirus, which is affecting old people, frail people, young people, and they would say these are all innocent people. And these innocent people are suffering. Um, and you're saying that actually that's a limited perspective, that's a limited way of looking at the issue. There are other things going on which the human being may not perceive. That's right. That's part of the answer. Of if the we answer. get if we get into more of the 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 I don't want to get into too much philosophical discussion. Mm-hmm. But what atheists try to do is they try to argue that there is a logical contradiction in affirming the existence of a creator, affirming the existence of God. Yeah. What they're so, saying, so, so saying they may say that God is all powerful, yeah. and yet you have this, and, and God can save people. You Muslims, you Christians, you say that He's all powerful, He's all good, He saves people on one hand, and on the other hand, along has come a disease which is wiping people out. Yeah. So how can this? God, now this is what they would argue. How can you claim he's all powerful on one hand, and on the other hand, he, he who's supposed to protect you did not protect you from this? Yeah, so that's right. That's right. So, how can an all good, all powerful God allow evil and suffering to exist in the world? If evil and suffering exist, then either God is not all good. Or God is not all-powerful, but all-good, but can't stop the evil. But therefore, if God is not all-powerful, then he's not God. So therefore, if evil exists, which it does, according to what the atheists are saying, Mm -hmm. therefore God cannot exist. I, God, with all-good and all-powerful nature. Okay. What is the answer to that point when they raise it? To be honest, this was more of a, a critique of a Christianized view of God. Yeah. So, you know, they talk about there are a lot of hidden assumptions. The first assumption, obviously, is this is that God's nature is only all good and only all powerful. And that's it. Yeah. Whereas obviously from a Muslim perspective, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 names. Yeah. Like Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim, Al-Wudud, you know, uh, the. So these Al-Hakim, the wise, these are also aspects of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there can be reasons to occur 
because the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala results in a greater achievement of good, whatever we term good in this perspective, yeah? But there could be a greater wisdom behind it. Like, for example, the, uh, uh, the disease in Medina or Hidda the time of the Prophet That's right. So all of these things resulted in something which actually strengthened the deen and strengthened the Muslims and therefore uh, was a result in a greater good. So that's the wisdom. So if we accept this idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more than just these two attributes, that there are these other attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with, mm -hmm. the first way I would answer this question. And that, yeah. that point as well indicates for us that just like Musa -Islam, he had his own perspective on things. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, we all have a very individual perspective on how we view things from our own subjective nature, mm -hmm. our own limited information. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al -al alim, the all-knowing. No. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows past, present and future. Yeah. All possible scenarios. And therefore is able to see the bigger picture. Where's, where's the good in a particular issue? Like mm. the coronavirus, yeah. Uh, mm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything and therefore has the full what some people say the full picture. That's, that's how another point that we would look at it from that perspective as well. You, you've raised an interesting point. Those who question Muslims about this and who point the fingers and maybe attack Muslims about this. We are actually we're new people who have come into the picture. The people, the originally questions about this were Christians. Yeah. Because the Christians, actually, in their language, no one click in society, you know, believe in Jesus and Isa and Salam, believe in God, you know, God is all good, God is all kind. Mm. These are the attributes that they emphasize. So in the minds of, you know, like if you meet people in the West, their encounter with religious people at mm. first is Christianity. And yeah. they say, oh, you guys, you say God is all good. God is all powerful. Therefore, whereas in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he's shadid al-iqab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he's al-Rahman, al-Rahim. So he's kind, he's generous, he's severe in punishment. So our view, all the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses, subhanAllah, you name it, it covers everything that humans can think of so um i think muslims should take a step back that actually this argument understand who it was meant for and we don't fit those people we're not christians that's right you said is what what's another way so another way is to understand uh see we need to understand what do they mean by evil yeah so okay. when they say evil they're talking about two forms of evil what they term uh, moral evil which is what humans do and then okay. they talk about natural events like earthquakes or viruses or you know uh, volcanoes uh, no. as well as evil no. so if we take the idea about volcanoes and uh, earthquakes and these types of things then from a purely materialistic point of view yeah, so if we take an atheist, you know, from an atheist point of view, these mm -hmm. are just events within the universe. They're following natural orders. They're following natural laws. You can't term them good or evil. Yeah, you, it's like, for example, saying, well, uh, the Black Widow spider is an example. You know, after mating uh, with the male spider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, you're not going to say, well, it's evil. You just say, well, that's its nature. Yeah, it doesn't have any conscious decision-making process. It just undertakes the action. In the same way, earthquakes, volcanoes, they follow natural laws. So from a materialistic point of view, yeah, I'm talking about from their point of view, they can't term these things as evil. They can only term these as events that take place. Yeah, And sometimes an event that might take place that, again, we might term evil or, you know, we don't like, like a volcano, as an example. Well, mm -hmm. a volcano will help fertilize land and allow crops to grow upon it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And therefore feed people. So, again, these are just events and we can't term them good or evil in that perspective. Yeah. Similarly, as Muslims, 
you know, when we look at the issue of things that are out of control, like an earthquake, like a virus, mm-hmm. we don't say whether it's good or evil. Yes, we might not like certain things and we might like this is the qada, this is the decree of Allah, the good and the bad of which Allah knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is how we start to, start to view these things. So the first answer, so the first point on this issue would be to separate the two types of contentious evils, quote unquote, that they're calling for. You know, is it a natural event? Because if it's a natural event, you can't call it evil. You can only call it an event. The second thing would be the moral evil, the evil that humans do. Yeah. So even from an Islamic basis, we can say, ah, oh, this person's doing an evil. I he's going something against the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, some people say, well, you know, why, why are we allowing, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow human beings to do evil? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't the, the best situation be to only allow human beings to do good? But again, this presupposes a number of things. But the first thing that we need to look at from this perspective is to say, look, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only allowed human beings to perform good, then the ability to choose evil is removed, which basically means they will not be able to have free will. You have to have... Go. Just, I'm, I'm just... Um, processing. <laughs> I'm processing that, that yeah. if... Okay, so let, let's come to this issue saying when people look at um, an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, an earthquake. In, I'm trying to remember. Actually, I'll, 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 bring, I'll bring I'll bring one up. Um, so uh, earthquake. So earthquake. You see people die. You see people lose their homes. You see uh, the devastation. Now, when people look at that and they say this event was there's there's so much this you know so many people died. This is mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. Sometimes they'll use that language. Yeah. And they're saying the creator. How did he allow this to take place? And you're saying that the way to describing that event as evil, are you saying it's incorrect? It's it, for them to say that, or so what, I'm what? saying that the atheists, can, the atheists saying that's evil, mm-hmm. they have no ability to ass, assign it as being a morally evil act. For the yeah. atheists, they have to affirm that the earthquake took place or the volcano took place mm-hmm. because of natural laws, natural laws that didn't decide to do certain evil. Yeah. Okay. So really, the atheists do they actually use this language? I mean, as 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 non-believers in God, is it problematic that they use this language of evil in the first place? Yes, because evil is a religious term. Evil is a term that's, you know, adopted from religion to say something is good or evil. These things are something that, you know, are, are hugely problematic for atheists to, uh, to, to affirm. Like, like as, as an example, uh, it's a very difficult situation for atheists to affirm free will, mm-hmm. the ability for human beings to choose. Because your ability to choose a point of view is... Occurring, uh, occurs because of your brain brain chemistry. Your brain chemistry is unconscious. Your brain chemistry is following, you know, the the uni- physical laws of atoms and electrons. These okay. atoms and electrons are just simply following laws that are determined for it. Yeah. Okay. So you making a choice is not you making a choice. It's your atoms. It's these blind, unconscious events that are taking place outside of your... Me liking an apple over an orange is not me choosing it. Do you see what I mean? Okay. So the first... Uh, welcome, brothers and sisters. Um, coronavirus day three. This is a coronavirus diaries. Nine o'clock every day. And our topic today, if there is a powerful God, why coronavirus? You know, in quotes, this is what some non-Muslims say, and we, 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 we chose this because um, some of our, some Muslims, I, I, I know a young boy who is a, he's a teenager, he's, uh, he works mainly with non-Muslims in his workplace, a lot of his friends are non-Muslim, and from discussing with him, you start to see that he's been affected, he's brought up in a Muslim home, but he's questioning, does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exist, 
And I know that he finds this kind of topic very difficult because when he's at work and people would say, okay, you're Muslim, you believe in God and God is very kind and God is all powerful. Why did that baby die? Why is there coronavirus? Why this, why that? And you feel that his iman is shaken. And um, so we feel that at times like this, some of these questions will come up. Some of us who are watching this may say, Alhamdulillah, we're okay. Mm. But I think it's to realize that we do have some Muslims out there in a world which is very secular, where the secular ideas, don't believe in God, God does not exist, God is not all powerful, are being pushed. So Brother Sharif has, first of all, he's dealt with the issue of how they look at the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, limit only Allah to be powerful and kind and that's it we don't accept that view as muslim and now we're looking at this question of evil now you're saying free will so let's wrap up this section of evil and where the problem is how to understand it correctly and how to what is the incorrect understanding yeah so <clears throat> just really quickly mm -hmm. as well just as a side point as well there's always two parts to this question about the problem of evil the first part is a a philosophical discussion yeah an intellectual point yeah and that to be honest is quite easy to deal with you can intellectually understand that actually i shouldn't really use this as an argument to disprove or say that allah subhanahu doesn't exist but there's an emotional argument there's a nafsiya which is a lot harder to uh, to address sometimes with certain okay people. so like, let me play that back to you you're saying that somebody yeah. can think in his mind he can moon he can look at you know, this room that I'm in right now and the plants and, and, and the sun and the sunlight, and he, he or she can't argue that there is not a creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So whatever the argument being put against him, he's saying, no, you know what, it makes sense to me that there is an all-knowing creator of this universe. That's right. And, and that's, that's the intellectual part. Somebody can accept that in his mind. And even, okay. even the even refutation or the the response to the argument atheists bring regards to the problem of evil mm -hmm. there is still an intellectual point which is that you for them to claim that there is a logical contradiction contradiction in the nature of god being all powerful or good mm -hmm. and allowing evil therefore god can't exist like a squared circle can't exist mm -hmm. yeah so we can answer that by saying well yeah like we mentioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more than just these two attributes. One. Two, we can say that perspective, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a total perspective, and therefore there may be good, wise reasons that we are not aware of. Mm -hmm. Three, we can say that natural events cannot be determined as being morally good or morally evil. Yeah, because natural events from the atheist perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm are just events. They're just things that happen by the laws of nature. Okay. Yeah. You know, just on this coronavirus as an example, you'll get evolutionists that'll turn around and say, well, actually, this is good for the evolution of the human species, you know, because human beings may die, but as a result may get immunity and therefore become stronger or whatever. They might use human saying natural peers creates better, you know, uh, more adapted life forms to the to survive. So these are just events that are taking place. This is what we could say. And then the other point, which is this, is that human beings, for them to be able to make moral decisions, requires them to have free will. There is a problem with atheists when they try to affirm everything is naturalistic, has a naturalistic explanation, has a material explanation. Just chemicals, atoms, materials, laws, forces of nature, etc. Because then you have a problem to say, where do your, where does your free will come from? Does it come from the atoms that don't make decisions, that just happen to give you impulses that then creates a desire? Yeah, do you see what I mean? So there's a problem to decide how, how do you affirm free will? That's the fifth argument. The other point as well is that if Allah only allowed people to make morally good decisions, Takes away free will from the human being. Okay. He can't and, choose to commit evil. Okay. So now, so now there comes the question of free will. That you're saying that the atheists, when they come with this attack, this question to to the believer, they acknowledge. Just you know, if we look at the world around us, we can see that people decide to do what they want to do. Yeah. 
Nobody, I, I am raising my hand right now. Nobody's holding my hand and forcing me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create my hand to be in this position all day long. I choose to raise it, lower it. I choose to eat. I choose to drink. I, I, I am making decisions. Yeah. I'm exercising my, what they call free will. Yeah. So they accept that. They accept it because it's intuitive it's what we all accept mm -hmm. but they okay. can't prove it okay subhanahu wa ta'ala should allow our good actions yeah so you're saying there's a contradiction you can't say god should only allow good actions this is what the atheists say and then you said human beings should have free will. These two things, what I get from you is these two, the one of them is fall down, is these two things, they can't say it, it coexists. It doesn't make sense. That's right. That's right. You, we have to be able to choose morally evil actions in order to be able to affirm free will. Yeah. Um, if, we can, if we are forced to only do good actions, then we have to deny free will. Yeah, this is an argument that people use to say, well, this is why there are wise reasons uh, and good reasons for Allah to exist, because this allows us to have free will. From a Muslim perspective, that's really important because we are here as to be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are yeah. tested with good and with evil, with temptations and the right path, yeah, in order to choose to perform the good. Subhanallah. You remind me of the ayah uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that this human being think we just created him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the human being the choice to do and what not to do. And based on that, human will be a very just mm. it's not and also this this is really interesting point which is that i tend to find these most of these questions about problem of evil tend to come from the west and even when muslims sort of like feel a little bit you know uneasy about this it tends to be just and the problems of things to blame God. They rather actually are quite religious people in the developing world are generally more religious than people living in the West. And that's because obviously there is a, a natural fitra, a natural instinct within human beings. Yeah. Which is like for example, you know, when you they say there are no atheists There are no atheists on a sinking ship. Yeah. When you face meaning, maybe you face difficulty, your natural reaction is to worship Allah or call upon mm, Allah, isn't it? Mm, Even the atheists will turn around and say, you know, do a secret prayer, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, they yeah. say, you know, God help me, and it's like, well, who are you asking? It's yeah, like exactly. there's there's some power out there. I'm so desperate. There's some power out there that whatever that power is, help like that. So it's part of the instincts, part of the nature. Through suffering and difficulty, your natural reaction would be. Ya Arab, isn't it? Ya Allah, yeah, help me with these things. Okay. But what we do is we see in the West slightly different. And the reason why I say slightly different, even though it's part of the fitra still, mm. but that, and that ideology promotes this idea that your purpose in life is to maximize as much good and pleasure as so we see it as test from Allah. They see it as though it's the maximization of good, yeah, and maximization of pleasure and happiness. And so, if they see this as their purpose, then they say, Well, if God exists, then mm -hmm. God should be here to serve my purpose, which is to maximize good. If I'm not maximizing my good, my pleasure at every moment in time, then oh, God must not exist because that's the purpose of my life, you see. This is how some people mm. see it in the West. Okay, this, 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 this is an interesting point that the human beings, we've said how the, the question of evil, whether human beings have free will, some of the arguments we've refuted, but we're saying something which is actually a bit um, 
specific to the West or really linked to the West is that life is about enjoying yourself. This yeah. is how they see it. Um, you know, going to cinemas, parties, pubs, whatever, whatever that enjoyment is. And if there is a natural disaster, if there is a coronavirus, if there is an earthquake, in ourselves. Yeah. So how can there be a God? That's right, that's right. And when, when, when I say West, and obviously what we mean by West, we're talking about the capitalist ideology, the liberal secular capitalist ideology, uh, which is now infiltrating even, you know, has infiltrated the rest of the world as well, but to a lesser extent. So it's this idea that then makes people view problems in a particular way, which is mm. that, you know, they can't understand it, they think it must be wrong because how can it contradict my pleasures? Yeah. Whereas for a Muslim who understands the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who understands that, you know, mankind and jinn have not been created except for worship. Yeah. That this, like you mentioned, sort of Ankabu about that we, you know, we're going to test human beings, test people. You know, just because you say you believe doesn't mean that, you know, Iman really has entered into a person's heart. So as a result, we, we understand it differently, that this is a test, that there are going to be difficulties, yeah? Mm. This, this is the nature of life. And it was, was really interesting, and this goes on maybe towards more the emotional disposition point of view, which is that if you take the cap liberal secular capitalist way of thinking about purpose of life is maximizing a benefit, mm. they have no, maybe the words say, psychologicalisms to deal with problems. You know. So, but psychological support mechanism. So, what, like, when when somebody dies, yes. or when there's an earthquake or a coronavirus, how do they cope? Yeah. How do they think about it? To 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 have peace, to have uh, to have sakina, if you like. That's right. So, if you've got this mentality, you know, YOLO. You know, YOLO, don't you, Taji? YOLO. You only live once. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with it. I'm, I'm a bit woke sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I've known Taji what twenty years now, so. Alhamdulillah, he's my teacher, mashallah. So you only live once. So if you see your happiness and you're not getting it to the maximum amount you're meant to, what you think you're meant to get, and you face disease, you face difficulty, you face you know illness, death, loss of wealth, these types of things, this results in people feeling really finding it very difficult to cope regards mm. these things you know th these are difficult but for a muslim these things have got a context to them mm. yeah so whether you believe in a god or not for an atheist the fact is you're going to face these tests you're going to face these difficulties yeah mm. that's life that's life exactly but with belief in islam belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know that the tests that you face are not going to be to waste they're not mm. going to destroy you this is not your only life and that's it. You've got nothing to look forward to. But rather, we have those emotional stabilizers, yeah? those the support mechanisms, conceptual support mechanisms to allow us to overcome these problems and these difficulties. We can sort of frame them. Allah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Um, if there is a powerful God, why coronavirus? These are the question we're unraveling and... We've covered already five, six different ways to counter that issue. Um, I think, and I, is it correct to say that, you know, in the Muslim world, these events, you know, when you see people in Syria uh, and, you know, uh, all the bombings and stuff, and you hear them and it's a Hasbunallah wa Neem al Wakil, Hasbunallah wa Neem al Wakil, Hasbunallah, and you're like, they're saying, we depend on Allah. We look to Allah. I mean, after eight, nine years of this quote-unquote suffering, the iman is still strong that the one who will make a way out, the one who will look after us ultimately, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, you know, it's interesting how they react even after such pressure and looking for the good in this dunya and the good in the akhirah. Whereas, you know, in the West, a little bit of test. Mm. And, and you know, that really shakes people. And this is why... A little bit uh, on the streets. <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's, it's frightening how people change fighting in the supermarket. For somebody, an old person in the supermarket, car park, this kind of, uh, of issues. So uh, one question before we, we, we come into an end now is we started off by saying that um, 
there are some Muslims out there who may actually be affected by this question, maybe the environments they live in, mm. or they don't come across yourself or other brothers and sisters who can help to answer this question from an Islamic side, make the aqidah and the iman very strong. And therefore, they have these doubts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What advice would you give of how to strengthen one's iman in the face of these kind of questions we face in the West? Uh... So I think firstly is approaching our belief in the in the right way. You know, more Muslims grew up in Muslim households and probably never really, you know, understood the evidences behind it. Maybe we've taken Islam as a, a cultural, uh, you know, uh, thing that we've, we've adopted from our parents and that's it. So we need to start to go. You know, there's a famous uh, quote from Imam Jawaini, who's a very famous and he wrote in his book in uh, in his introduction in uh, his book al-irshad and he said the first obligation placed upon a muslim when he reaches the age of maturity is to prove that there is none worthy of worship except allah yeah so he said and he quotes the verse of quran فعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله. yeah uh, and so we need to go back and understand this. And then what we also need to do is really appreciate from our perspective how we view these things. Like, for example, the famous hadith of the Prophet Wasallam, who said, amazing is the affairs of the believer. You know, uh, verily, all of his affair is good. And this is not for none but other than the believer. If something good or happiness befalls him, he's grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is good for him. And if something of harm befalls him, he's patient. And that is good for him as well. So the Prophet ﷺ is explaining that every aspect for a believer can be a good. Why? Because the difficulties we face, you know, for example, when we face coronavirus, for us, it's, the coronavirus is not evil or good. Evil or good. The free will we choose to do. Yeah. Are we going to despair? Are we going to, you know, steal people's toilet rolls or whatever it is yeah or are we going to help our neighbors out are we going to you know help people in our community you know are we going to you know discuss about islam you know give people you know the tawakkul in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remind them of the sabr this is the response and this creates a really unique point in regards to this discussion of you know evil and good and you know this this problem of evil because the way we understand it from an islamic point of view it empowers us yeah mm -hmm. it gives us that strength because it tells us we're responsible you know for example stephen fry fry the comedian actor at the beginning mm -hmm. and he said oh there's this parasite that burrows into you know the eye the of a child and all this yes. thing. and it's a yeah. it's a waterborne disease now we see that from a muslim point of view what do we say we say, hold on, why is there no proper sanitation, clean mm. water? What mm. is our responsibility regards that? And therefore, we take it upon ourselves to say, hold on, why is the infrastructure within the societies of the states? You know, how come the leadership is not any using its wealth, you know, for waste, clean water, which is part of the faraid, part of the obligation placed upon Allah, uh, placed by Allah upon them. So we start to view these types of things in this way. And, you know, it goes back to that verse of Qur'an in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 30, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, you know, it's a, it's a, the part of the verse was, Inni ja'ilan fil aridi khalifa. You know that verse? No, no. In, indeed, we placed upon the earth, yes. the mankind, as a khalifa. Yeah. And, you know, Imam Tabari and Imam Qurtubi as well, in their tafsir, they say that this means political authority. And the reason why they say it means political authority was the response of the angels. This is a really interesting point. Because the response of the angels, when they were told that mankind was going to be placed upon the earth as Khalifa, they said, why are you going to put people who are going to cause much bloodshed? Hmm. And so it that they understood the angels, the word Khalifa, to mean political authority to stop bloodshed. Yeah, because they're saying, hold on, you're gonna, you need enough implement justice because you're gonna have people commit injustice. So why, why are you doing? Why are you placing people are gonna commit injustice? This is what it, in essence is saying. So this is the point from a Muslim perspective. We see evil. We say, what's within our sphere of control? What can we do?
What can we do against this situation? Exactly. How can we help people in the earthquake? How can we stop the bushfires? How can we help the child who's dying when there's a famine? Why, why is there no sanitation? Yes. And therefore, children are dying or create sanitation and clean drinking water. You solve that problem. Yeah. And most of the, you know, we're talking about coronavirus because, mm. to be quite frank, the reason why we're talking about coronavirus is because it's migrated from poor countries mm -hmm. to richer countries. And yes. richer countries realize it was going to affect them as well. Whereas, you know, it says one million people die of malaria each year. Yeah. In, ironically, they're looking at the anti-malarial drug, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. Yeah, as a possible, you know, uh, treatment for coronavirus. So we, we've got the treatment for malaria. Yeah. We've got other things that they can do in regards to preventing mosquito bites, etc., to prevent malaria. But there's no action in regards to that. I read a recent report that said that uh, open the doors for homeless people. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's to prevent them from getting coronavirus. Yeah, take them in. And you're thinking, well, hold on. If if they can remove homelessness like that. Yes. What about in the winter time? Yeah, what about exactly. you know the, the days when it's freezing, when there's no coronavirus, but end of the year, beginning of the year, it's freezing, four degrees outside, and people in the cold. But you okay. don't open the. Yeah. And, and the brother mentioned the point is because the homelessness, homeless people who could be infected with coronavirus can infect other people. Mm. the rich within the society so you need to get them off the streets that's right so they, there's a will to act okay. now that's from their point of view from our point of view we have this obviously this understanding that when we face difficulties problems difficulty a problem which is good or evil it's our actions how we respond mm. to it are we how do we have the sabr tawakkal and do we act according to what Allah sponsors pleased with so a muslim shouldn't say coronavirus is it affects people, it's dangerous, it can kill. What is the humor? What is our response yes. to it with our neighbors, looking for a cure, helping other people, creating a world that can actually deal with these issues and pass mm. this test in a way? That. So, Barakalafiq, so really strengthening the aqidah and the understanding is, is, is any other tip, or is really that's the main one of understanding one's deen, studying who Allah is, stud studying exist and when these issues corona malaria come our issues how we respond to it not That's is it evil is it good yeah, yeah, yeah. our deen islam has given us answers to how to approach problems of life you know for example yeah. the prophet in hadith he mentioned about how there's nothing that befalls a muslim not even a prick of a thorn except that his you know he gets reward for it and his sins are removed so you know we we see this uh, i think there's a brother who meant asked the question about you know what how you know why uh, why do they die or things like this yeah the thing we uh whether you've got a person who believes in god or doesn't believe in god children will die but for a muslim we see this as this is a test for us and that inshallah on the day of judgment yeah in the next life that if we remain patient our children will be, will be with us. Inshallah. That provides a subpoena. Similarly, with people who are suffering, and maybe, subhanAllah, they lose somebody from their family yeah, or friends, that they can say, have that subpoena, say, inshallah, you know, we, you know, we, we ask for forgiveness and that we will see them in the next life, inshallah. So this is what, this is, it gives such unique vision and it's empowering. Yeah, It makes a person able to do things that, other people might find difficult, you know. So know. learning the deen, understanding it, understanding that there's real rational good, not re good reason. There are certain reasons that, you know, Islam is true. And then understanding the deen further gives us this, you know, creates a unique type personality, you know. And we try to strive for it. And we look at the Prophet And we look at the companions as well. May Allah be pleased with them. Amen. And we try to look at how they responded to try to emulate that inshallah so this coronavirus to be honest you know it's a difficult time for everyone but it's a but it's a test for us how are we mm. going to respond are we going to price hike all the uh chickens or whatever i don't know mm. as some mm. people have been claiming yeah uh, or you know to exploit the situation or are we going to any uh, respond in a way which is pleasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is 
this is what we're going to, you know, this is what creates this type of unique person, and unique individual, inshallah. Um, Brother Sharif, thank you very much for that. Uh, we had comments from uh, Nizan Akram. says, excellent point. Whatever difficulty, there's a comment from Facebook. He says, whatever difficulty and hardship befalls us, we regard it as good because it offsets some of our sins if we deal with it in accordance with Islam. Have sabr. Uh, uh, Brother Tariq Khan says, I wonder why do atheists say may he or she rest in peace when someone died? Does it imply they believe in some sort of life after death? Hmm. I am. Um, good question. I, I, I don't know. There's loads of other comments. Love to hear your comments. I'm just struggling with the technology to bring up the comments. It's showing me four comments, but it's telling me there are 38 comments. So I don't know if that's a conspiracy uh, or, or what. Um, before we end, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, join us every night, 9 p.m. Inshallah, tomorrow, um, hoping we'll have one of the brothers um, reading from what Brother Sharif has said, something from the Quran, uh, a reminder from the Quran, a tafsir or some ayahs to hold on to in these times um, that we face um, so that we can strengthen our iman, our understanding, and to study our deen um, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encouraged us to do. Um, inshallah, let us a dua from the Prophet. اللهم يا رب قد أرهبنا هذا الوباء ندعوك بالدعاء يا منزل الداء أنزل الدواء وارفع عنا البلاء وأنزل علينا الشفاء يا رافع السماء برحمتك نستغيث يا مغيث أنت الذي تحيي وتميت ارحمنا بالشفاء وكلما قال هذا الدعاء يا to that dua. Um, Brother Sharif, um, the course, just putting up the poster here. So uh, just tell us about this course where people can find out more about what you've talked about today, maybe some more details. Where are the videos? So the videos are unlisted on uh, on YouTube, but if they want to contact me for the videos, they can uh, message contact, me on Contact Facebook. you via Facebook? Facebook, that's probably the best way, yeah. Facebook, yeah. uh, Sharif Abu Leif. Mm -hmm. So, you know, contact me via that, and then I'll send over the links uh, if you private message me. Uh, uh, yeah, inshallah. Yeah, hopefully. It's like a proper course as well, so it's not like... Uh, you know the number of uh, videos and things like that. So yeah, so if people are interested in that, that's there. One of the videos actually deals with the problem of evil as well. Yeah. Comment before we go from uh, one of our shuyuk, uh, Sheikh Mohammed Ismail Abdulmanaf. He says, "Sabr needs is is needed in three moments. One, in the calamity when something afflicts you. Two, to keep away from haram, and three, to do good deeds." As Ibn uh, Al Hajar Al Asqalani. I uh, said that the test should be responded to with sabr. Um, brothers and sisters, barakallahu Brother Sharif, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, can I say, hopefully, can get you on again? Yes, inshallah. Jazakallah in, for inviting inshallah, to Allah, there, may, there may be have been some grillings in, in, in the internet, uh, it seems, tonight, but uh, bear with us. In our control, organizing this how the internet is all going together behaving when people are at home and they're streaming and the internet is overcrowded that is not in our control we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept uh, from you from us to continue our in, in, in your work as a pharmacist in, in cutting down to explain his ideas and please join us tomorrow something from the quran tomorrow inshallah ta'ala 
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.